Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign, God, that no matter what, you are here with us, Lord. And we thank you that you have that love for us, a reckless love, a deep love, a love that never stops, Lord, that does, Lord, crazy things. Even when we would think you would in love, God, you still love us, Lord, and you still love your people, God. And God, I am grieved. My heart is sore, Lord, for, for people who don't know you, God, and for what's coming, Lord, around the corner in the end times and your coming. And God, our heart just goes out to all, Lord, who need your salvation. And Lord, we pray, God, that you would bless this time even now, that you speak to us through your word and your spirit would move. So here we are, God, ready for hearing you, God, your voice, and for your love to pour down upon us and your love reaching out to us. So we ask you bless this time, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, some days, I don't know if you wake up and you feel like you're kind of lazy or you, you, maybe you had a hard day and come home and you feel kind of lazy, you know, in that sense. Well, uh, sometimes people complain about that laziness, right? Well, I came across some comebacks to use when someone calls you lazy. And I thought these were funny. Uh, one of the comebacks was, I'm not lazy, I'm conserving energy. I like that one. Or here's another one. Yeah, hard work never killed anybody, but why take a chance? Another one is, why should I make my bed when I'm going to go back in it? Yeah, I've used that one to my parents, right? Anyway, another one is, I like this. I'm training for the Netflix marathon. (laughs) One more. You call it lazy, I call it selective participation. (laughs) Well, some unnamed Christian said this about laziness. Some people stand on the promises while others just sit on their premises. (laughs) Well, as we continue our study here in 2 Thessalonians, Paul deals with the problem of those who do just sit on their premises and choose not to work. And so I've titled our, our message this morning, Stop Giving Into the Laziness. Stop Giving Into the Laziness. And Paul really hits hard in a serious way of those who are not willing to work. So we're going to be studying 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 from verse 6 through 15 this morning. And uh, here in our outline, we see three things Paul puts out. Number one is follow our example. Number two, follow God's word. And number three, follow it through. So those are the three things we're going to see. And really, I'm combining that with our points too. So number one is Follow our example. Follow our example. So take a look with me here, and we're going to be covering verses 6 through 9 here in this section. But first of all, verse 6. We'll just take that right now. Here it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. And so let's stop here. Now Paul goes on here as he's starting to finish off this letter. He comes to this part and he says, Now, you guys, We command you, brothers or Christians, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when he uses that phrase in the name, he's really saying, you know, this is God speaking. And so when he says command, he's really talking about this order from the God. I mean, that word is used in a military sense. And and so he's saying, look, this is serious now. This This is something you need to do. And this is from God 
basically. And what is that? He said that you keep away, and that means to avoid or separate yourself from any brother and any other believer here who is walking in idleness. The word idleness, idleness means doing nothing, meaning really being lazy. And that's why our title, talking about laziness here. And so he's saying anyone who's basically not working and is being lazy about not working. If you want to take a peek in context, what he's talking about in verse 11, if you jump over there and we'll get to that later, but it says, it says in verse 11, for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work. So you see, he's, Paul is really talking about, look, you know, we got to be working here. We got to be working for our provision and not be lazy about doing that. That is working. And this is something that God would want us to do. And he says at the end of verse 6, it's not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. In other words, remember we came across that word before. Tradition means literally handed down. But in the context when Paul writes this, is he saying the tradition of what we've handed down to you, what we've taught you when we were with you, the teaching of the word. So Paul's like saying, stay away from those who are lazy. And basically in this sense, don't be influenced by them. Don't follow their example. Don't, don't do what they're doing. So separate from your, yourself, avoid these guys. And that, that's the idea in this sense. Now, here's what's going on. After Paul had written in, say, 1 Thessalonians and also here in 2 Thessalonians about the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church we learned in the last book, about the day of the Lord, the end time events and all that, there were some people who took this as, well, Jesus is coming, so they used that as an excuse not to work. Yeah, they're not. They're being idle. They're being lazy about. Well, Jesus is coming back, so ah, we, he's coming back soon, so we don't need to do anything. And so it's creating these this problem in the church where those walking in idleness were really relying on others to provide for them. Basically, they're just sponging off of everyone else, uh, you know, from the good-hearted people in the church, and and so that was creating some problems here now understand there's nothing wrong with helping those in need there's nothing wrong with that matter of fact god provides for us and we go to work and have extra so we can help those who are in need and there's nothing wrong in receiving help when you are in need but the problem that was going on was these guys put themselves in the place of need by choosing themselves not to work not to provide for themselves. Oh, Jesus is coming, so I'm not going to work. And that was one of the things. So Paul's like, hey, you know what? Don't be influenced by that. Don't be pulled into that. Yeah, Christ is coming too, but don't be influenced and follow that way. You know, separate yourself from the lazy ones and, and don't follow that kind of example. So in contrast, he's saying, hey, keep away, don't follow that example of influence. But in contrast, he goes on and basically says, but you know what, follow our example. So look at verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you. Verse 8, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. 
So Paul's saying, hey, keep away from these guys. Don't be influenced. Don't follow from the lazy guys. But, but you guys, you yourselves know, verse 7, how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle. We weren't lazy when we were with you. Remember Paul came to, into the city, his, him and his missionary team, they came and witnessed Jesus Christ and people got saved, the church was born and Paul continued to teach him before he had to leave and was run out of town with the persecution, but he was there for a while teaching them, he was there for a little bit, being able to show them these things and while he was there he's basically saying, look, look what we did, you know, many of the traveling speakers and even these uh, false teacher, traveling preachers, they would come in and, and they would come in to take. And they would come in and wanting compensation for their teaching. But Paul specifically was like, look, look at us here. Look, look, look at us. Well, look what we did. Imitate us. Follow our example. And see what we did in verse 8. We didn't eat anyone's bread without paying for it. Matter of fact, we toiled and labored. We worked night and day so we wouldn't be a burden for you guys. Remember Paul, his trade was what? A tent maker, right? So yeah, we would actually go and and um, make tents and for a living and he would provide for himself and even on his missionary journey. So he's talking about you guys saw what we did. Well, imitate us. Follow our example in that way. And then I like verse 9. He says, it was not because we do not have that right. In other words, uh, God's ministers and servants, they should be provided for. There's scriptures like in Galatians 6.6, 6, or there's scriptures like in uh, 1 Timothy 5.18, which talk about, oh, it's important. Paul wrote about how important it is to provide for ministers, servants, and missionaries, and all that. But Paul's like, we had that right, but when we came to you guys, we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that with you guys. And most of the time, Paul did provide for himself. Sometimes he did receive the gift. But in their case here, he's saying, you know, for you guys, we didn't take anything. We wanted to be a good example for you guys of what it means to really work for your own provision. And so Paul, basically, he lived as he's preached, as he came in as a missionary there in Thessalonica. He worked for his own provisions and basically, you know, up, applying what the principle he's trying to put out here. I was thinking about, uh, if you remember, and if you like, you could turn there and just to the left in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul even wrote about this in the same manner, saying, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. And I like that because, see, Paul came in wanting to say, Hey, look, we wanted to share Jesus we, the gospel is free, right? It shouldn't cost. And so we came in providing for our own because we didn't want that to be anything about the gospel because the gospel is free and God gives that gift freely to those who would want it. So that's Paul's heart. And he's saying, look, you guys, don't follow these examples in, in, around you or in the church that are just lazy about working and wanting the handouts. But look what we did. Follow our example. So that's what Paul is saying. Follow our example and work hard for your own provisions. That's a basic thing he's saying. Follow our example, work hard for your own provisions. 
You know, I, I was thinking about one of my pastor friends who, who come on island here and uh, um, maybe every other year or, or so. And, and to me, he's like an example of this because every time he comes, he ministers to us. He speaks, you know, on Sunday and everything. I try and give him an honorarium. You know, honorarium is a, a gift, you know, for his ministry, for him serving us. And, and, and he won't take it. He refuses it. He, he almost gets all upset about me, you know. And so my wife and I will try and give it to the wife. But then the wife says no, too. Okay, we can't go that way. Or sometimes we'll try and sneak it in, you know, a shirt pocket or, or put it in their luggage before they go. But somehow he finds it and just and he refuses that. And he almost gets upset about that. But I understand his heart because he's not here to get paid, right? He's not here to have some compensation for, you know, what he's doing and line his pocket and save more money. No, he's here to serve God freely from his heart. And that's his motive. And this is what Paul is saying. Look, you know what? We've come to you guys. We came to you like in our missionary heart just to give and to share the gospel and give Jesus and teach the word freely. And so, you know, follow our example as we worked hard. So work hard also for your own provisions. You know, I, I, through all the years I've been a pastor and I was on staff at a church in California too, associate pastor there and even our church, you know, through all the years we get people coming in, in and out here and sometimes people come for the food. We used to have food, right? You know, we used to have our Hana potlucks and after church we'd have food and and I've seen people just come here for the food, you know, and even people coming right at the end of service so they can get the food. And, and sometimes that's like that, you know, it's all right. Hey, we're going to keep, you know, trying to reach out to them. But that's not why we come to church, you know. And Paul's saying that's not why we came to you guys. And you know what? We need to work for our provision. So follow our example. Work hard. And, and you know what? Like I said, you know what, if we work hard and God will provide and bless us, then we're able to help those who are really in need. And we're able to be used of God in that way too. And not just take when we're in need, which is okay again, but you know we're able to give out. So here's Paul right away. Stop giving into the laziness. Follow our example. Let's go on to number two now. Follow God's Word. He goes on and with this thought, follow God's word. Look at verse 10, back to 2 Thessalonians. Verse 10, and this section will cover 10 through 12, but first of all, verse 10. He goes on and says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So he's saying, you guys know, we told you this when we were with you. If anyone... Look, if they're not willing to work, let him not eat. In other words, you know, if this is going on and on, don't don't offer him food. Don't give him food. If they're just milking this, if they're just abusing this, don't don't just offer offer that. Notice something here though. I want you to notice. It it does not say if anyone cannot work, right? There's situations where we cannot work. Maybe we're, there's some disability or sickness or, or something happens or we lo- even lose our job and we're in this position where we cannot work. That's not Paul, what Paul is talking about. He's talking about those who are not willing to work. They make that choice. They choose not 
to work, and they're being lazy about it. So, God, so Paul is saying, and really God is saying this, those who are not willing to do what God has set people to do, you know, that's work for your provision, then, you know what, they shouldn't eat then. They shouldn't, you know, be offering that food. You know, when we think about work, I mean, that's something God made, you know, right? Think about in the garden, yeah, with Adam and Eve, right? The, God told Adam to keep or to tend and keep the garden. That was work. That was his job, you know, in the Garden of Eden. Uh, we know what the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, God told, gave to Moses and Moses put out that we are to work six days and rest on the seventh day, right? So that's all part of work going on. Now, work is hard. Work is not always fun. But remember the labor and toil, the toil and labor came really after the fall. And that was part of the curse that it would be hard back in Genesis 3. But if you think about it, work in itself is not the result of the curse. But working today, it is hard. It is difficult. Oh, get up in the morning. Oh, I have to go. Oh, you know, it, it, it can be difficult. Sometimes it, you, you suffer in it. Sometimes it's painful in it. But here's the thing. The thought is some live here. like they, they, they acted like they were godly in the church, that they were real spiritual. And so they felt like, well, you know, I, I just need to seek God here. Jesus is coming back, and so I'm going to just seek God. So they kind of put work aside thinking, ah, oh, no, no. And, if, and, and back then, even the thinking was less work. You, you were, your status was higher, you know, in society. You were more wealthy. And so it kind of blended in with this thought that, well, I'm so spiritual. Yeah, so I don't really need to apply myself in the work. And uh, God said to provide for the, the minister, so hey, I don't need to work. And so they, they, there's a lot of guys who took advantage of the goodness of others and did not work with that kind of thinking. So then in verse 11, Paul goes on and says, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. So Paul adds to this now that we hear, and he got news back, that there are some among you that walk in this laziness. They're not busy at work, but busy bodies. He's playing, he's doing a word play here, right? They're, they're, they're not busy at work, but they're busy basically doing nothing. They're busy bodies in that sense. Now, the word busy bodies here basically means like they, they're, they're not really doing anything but getting themselves in trouble. They're troublemakers. In other uh, letters, Paul talked about these busy bodies going around gossiping about people, talking about people, going around making trouble here, uh, getting into meddling into other people's lives because they have nothing to do. And really that was causing division. So Paul's basically, yeah, they're, they're, they're not busy working, but they're basically busy making trouble. They're busy bodies. Now, 
remember I mentioned that there's these false teachers going around and they would come in after Paul left and they would say certain things and even here in this church are saying well hey Jesus has already come back and things like that well these guys are also the same ones who are busy bodies they're the ones coming in for the money they're the ones wanting oh provide for me I'm so spiritual I'm the minister and not Working And no wonder Paul, Paul said, you know, I, well, we, we had the right not to work, but we want to come in and show you something different. So these guys, these false teachers, they would come in being the spiritual leader, so to speak, and sponging off of others. Well, Paul makes a command basically to them and anyone. He says, now such persons we command. We encourage you in the Lord. This is God speaking now, he says, that you do your work quietly. Yeah. Humbly, just go, go do it. Don't complain. Don't make a huge deal. Ah, oh, I gotta work. I gotta work. And off the work, I owe, I owe, I owe. Off the work, I go. You know, kind of thing, right? No, you know, just go work. Do what God asks you to do, and earn your own living. So he's like, stop giving into the laziness. Stop being busy at making trouble, but become even a good example, right? Follow God's word and what he wants and lead others basically in making uh, your own living. You know, I was thinking about this, how these false teachers, you know, or people think maybe in the church are so spiritual they didn't need to work or I'm in ministry, that kind of thing. And, and uh, again, yeah, you know, it's okay to support, but these guys, you know, they probably never worked. And some people, you know, they're like, well, I'll go into ministry, then I don't really have to work you know, kind of thing. It could Maybe they, these were guys. But, you know, I think about the spiritual and godly uh, examples and leaders in the Bible. You know, they were already busy at work when God called them, you know, to lead the people. Like, think about Moses, right? When God came to him to call him to be, to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt, you know what? He was in the middle of tending the flock when God called them in the there was the burning bush and God spoke. Think about Gideon, right? When God called him to lead the Israeli army to defeat the Midianites, what was he doing? He was threshing, right, the, the wheat. I think about David, right? When, when the prophecy came that he would be king of Israel, where was he? They couldn't find him. They had to go get him when Samuel came, remember? And Samuel came and like, well... And all the brothers lined up. That's not him. 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 That's I think there are six of them, right, or or so. And and he, Sam, the prophet Samuel turns to the father and said, "Well, do you have anyone else? Because it's none of these guys. Oh, the youngest David. He's out in the field. What? Caring for the sheep. They had to call David in, and then David in, and then it was prophesied that he would be the king of Israel. For the disciples that Jesus called, what they are." At the end of a long day of fishing, right, uh, gathering up their nets and washing everything, Jesus came and called them to follow them. Paul, we see here, he worked his trade as a tent maker. And think about Jesus. He worked, right, all the way up until God called him. And what did he do? Our Lord. He was a carpenter, right? He, he took the trade of his father. So God calls those who are busy at work, you know, so that they can be busy at doing his word. I, I think it's kind of what God does in a test. So anyway, Paul is saying, 
Follow God's word, work, and don't sit around being idle. Follow God's word, work, and don't sit around being idle. It's been said, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Right? I mean, we can even think of ourselves when, when, when we're too idle sometimes, that's when we give in to temptation. Right? Many times we're just, oh, I got nothing to do. And so you let your mind wander. Or you watch something you shouldn't. Or you go do something you shouldn't be doing. And, and you place yourself in that place of temptation. It's been said that. yeah, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And the same with it, when it comes to our work and what we need to do and not being lazy. That's when we get in trouble. Now, understand it's okay to have our Sabbath days, and we need to do that. I just want to balance this out a little bit, right? You need to have that time of refreshment. You need, if you're, if you're seven days away working, you don't know, we need our Sabbath days. That's why God told Israel, hey, work six days, but <clears throat> have, you know, take a day of rest. We need that refreshment physically, mentally, and in our society, Sundays like this day, we go and worship the Lord in, in, in that sense. So, you know, take your Sabbaths. Know how to relax. Learn about that. But then there's a time to get up and get to work. There's a time to work and, and work hard at what God has called you to do. In Proverbs twelve eleven, listen to what the NLT, this is uh, the translation, Proverbs 12.11 says, A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. I like that. Sometimes we, we're, we're lazy about thinking, well, I should do this, or I like to do this, or, or, or just escaping into these fantasies and thoughts or watching things. But you know what? We need to get up and do our work. We've got to watch our priorities, you guys. Let me say this too. I mean, we want to put God first always, our family, and then work. We don't want to go too far into this, right? And, and, and go overboard. Oh, yeah, let's work, let's work. You know, let's work. That's uh, okay. And put God second or your family second. No, we want to keep our priorities. And in those priorities, we do all we can with the passion to seek God. We, we love on our families, spend time with them. But with work, we do all we can in those priorities but we cannot say oh um, I'm being spiritual and I'm just gonna seek God and not work we got to obey God's work be diligent be faithful and work unto the Lord like Ephesians 6 all right let's go to number three now follow it through and we'll finish up this section from verse 13 to 15 Paul here again, he's, throwing, he's putting out here, stop giving in to the laziness, follow our example, follow God's word, and follow it through now. Look at verse 13. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. In other words, keep at it. Work hard. Remember, it's hard. It's hard to wake up. It's hard. Oh, you know, I wish I didn't have to work, you know, kind of thing. But no, we, we got to do it. Whatever God has called you to do we that's his will that's his word and so paul's encouraging everyone hey you guys do not grow weary in doing good you have to understand in this ancient times you know it was it was hard it was a very very hard life i mean 
there was like no really really there was like no middle class you're either very wealthy or you're basically poor you were the working class was basically you're poor you didn't have much and so you had to work hard you had to had to provide for your food go and get your food all of that i mean it, it, it was a lot to do back in the ancient times and and i'm sure you know people felt like oh, forget this i'm so tired you know i'm so weary i I don't want to keep doing this. And, but Paul's saying, hey, you guys, you know, do not grow weary in doing good. What is this good? God's word. What God wants you to do. What God has called you to do. What his will is for you. Follow it through. Keep doing what God wants you to do. You know, I think about over and turn, turn over to the left, to Galatians. Go past First Thessalonians and Colossians and Philippians, and then go to Galatians. It's the first epistle after uh, uh, 2 Corinthians there. And if you go to Galatians chapter 6, Paul says here in Galatians chapter 6, in a spiritual way, he's, he's saying, verse 6, verse 9, I mean chapter 6, verse 9, he says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You guys, don't give up. Don't give up on seeking God. Don't give up on your calling. And you know what? Don't give up on what God has you doing in life for your provision, what your work is, what your career is, what He has you doing. Don't, don't give up. I, I want you to look at Galatians 6, 9 again. And I want you to look at the words here because I believe God wants you to see this. And this is the Holy Spirit's word to you this morning. I really felt that in my heart. That's why I want you to turn there. And I'm going to read it again. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. God has a plan with your job. God has a plan for, for how you're going to live, your provision. God has a plan for uh, retirement if you have that. God has a plan for savings or your checking account. God has a plan in all of that. He really does. He sees all of that. And, in, and that's how you know, we provide for ourselves through our work and through all that. God, God's going to be there. And don't be weary in doing that good. For in due season, you're going to reap. Maybe right now it's difficult. Maybe right now for you it's so hard. Yeah? And you're, you're struggling. You're barely getting by. But know this. God provides for you. And He's going to provide for your future. And He's never going to stop providing for you. Whether it's through your work, whether through it's some miracles, or whether all, all of a sudden, you, you don't know how it happened, but oh, you have more money than you ever had in your whole life. yeah. Or you have things in your life. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's your car. Maybe, maybe it, it, it's just being able to do some things you never thought you could. That's all of all the Lord. That's the goodness of God upon your life. So know that. Don't be weary in doing what God wants you to do. Don't be weary. Because in due time, you'll reap. In due time, God will be there for you. And, and, and we're talking about spiritually. We're talking about your calling. But in context of what we're talking about today, I want you to see, just like he said in 2 Thessalonians, you know, don't be weary in it all. Maybe you're here and, and, and it's been hard. You, 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 you lost your job maybe through this whole pandemic time. And, and it's been a struggle just to get by. Don't be weary 
you know, continue to look, continue to pray, continue to seek out some employment, you know. Maybe you don't know what you're going to do. Or maybe your job ended or a contract ended or maybe, you, you know, you're in a place, a, a crossroads in your life. And you're looking at it like, oh my gosh, what, you know, what do we do now, Lord? Yeah, I don't see any possibility. Don't be weary and keep looking. Don't be weary and, and keep seeking God and being in prayer and all this. God is there for you. And in due time, he, you're going to reap. He's going to bring that. So back to Second Thessalonians. For you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. And what God, if God, remember, if God wants you to obey him and work, then you know he's going to provide that place. So then he goes on here now in verse 14 and 15. He says, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, uh, uh, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So now Paul is basically saying, look, if, if, even after all this, yeah, even after all I'm saying, even after you, 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 you don't, you're not going to follow them, even after all you're not going to help them, he says, look, take note and have nothing to do with this person anymore. And that he may be ashamed. In other words, you know, not, don't just you know, not follow their example or influence or not you know, support them, but don't have anything to do with them. Take another step. In other words, we don't want to keep enabling the person. And sometimes you've got to take a serious step here to help them wake up to that fact. Now, this is tough love, right? But Paul is saying, still love him. In verse 15, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. B. Barton said, hunger and loneliness can be very effective ways to make the idle person become productive. Sometimes you got to make a, 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 a line here. And it's part of God's discipline. It, it, you don't want to be an enabler anymore. Sometimes, yeah, you got to cut them off. Sometimes, sorry, you know what, um, you can't live here, you know. Sorry, you know, I, I gave you a chance. I told you in three months, you know, and oh, sorry, you can't. That, Paul's saying, you got to take that step to help them obey God's word, to follow the example of the apostles. So Paul really is talking on both fronts here. Keep going, you know, if you're struggling, keep going, keep working, but stop supporting those, you know, who aren't obeying the Lord here. So, our last point is follow it through, even if it's hard to keep doing what you need to do. Follow it through, even if it's hard to keep doing what you need to do. And I, I know that's difficult. Sometimes we've got to make those choices. We've got to have those talks. We've got to put down our foot. We've got to draw the line. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, emotionally that's hard, especially if it's a family member's one like that. But look what Paul is saying here. You've got to do this. But don't make them an enemy, right? You're doing this out of love, but keep praying for them. Keep loving on them, but draw this line as far as food support in that sense. So follow it through, even if it's hard to keep doing what you need to do. Uh, one businessman was in a dental chair ready to get a filling when the dental assistant recognized him and says, Oh, you're Mr. and so-and-so, right? And Yes, said the man. And the dental assistant said, Well, thank you for firing my husband. 
Ten years ago, you fired him after he failed a drug test. But before he left, you told him that you had to fire him. And you told him straightly, you told him truthfully, he's at a crossroads. And take this as a wake-up call. Well, the man, remember, goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. That was so hard. And, and he was kind of wondering what you know, she would say next. Well, the dental assistant said, well, I'm happy to tell you he's a good husband now a good father, and he has a good job now, that what you did changed his life. So thank you for firing him. (laughs) Funny, huh? Funny thing, you know. But sometimes it's those events in our lives that change us, right? That wake us up. That bring us to that place where, yeah, we are humbled. We're shamed. We're real like, well, okay, you know what? God, you're trying to speak to me. And that's the hope when we follow it through, when we have to make those uh, decisions there. You know, maybe you're in an extreme situation right now and, and, and things have happened, the consequences of your sin, the consequences of choices that you, you've made, and, and, it, and you know, you can say, yeah, I see it. It's a wake-up call for me. God has gotten my attention. But know this. It's good. It was a good thing that happened. And if God has your attention, then, hey, it's, that's great. Because no, there's only one way to go, up, right? And it's God's love that have brought you to that point. Understand, it's part of his plan, his design. But maybe it had to happen for you to be truly broken and free of these things that have been You've been in bondage in so long. But on the other side, you guys, if you're in a position where you are having to draw that line, that's the hard part. <laughs> that's the hard part. But no matter, we don't want to be enablers for someone to sin, right? We want to help and enable someone to follow God. And so think of it that way. Making the hard choice and saying the hard things, you know, and doing the hard things. Is enabling them actually to follow God's word. So we need to keep all of this in mind. I think God wants to put back in our minds whether you know you're a hard worker or you're not, whether you're lazy or not, whether maybe I don't know, maybe you're going through a time where you're discouraged and you just wake up. You know, sometimes we wake up like, oh, I don't want to go work. Yeah. You feel like, I'm going to call in sick. Is that true? No. Yeah. But you feel like, I want to call in sick, just be lazy all day. No. God is shaking all of us to step out you know, of, of that, to obey Him and see God come, experience God strengthen you and help you as you get to work and do what He wants you to do. And who knows? Though you go to work for your provision, who knows, that day you feel like being lazy. You wake up late. You feel like, ah, I don't want to go. Maybe it's that day when you don't want to face what's maybe happening at work. Maybe it could be that day that God's going to use you in a great way as a light and bring someone to Jesus Christ. Who knows? But whatever we do, let's work unto the Lord. I'm going to close with this. I think about John Wesley and all of this. And he, <clears throat> he founded the Methodist Church. And 
And John Wesley, they say, averaged three sermons a day for 44 years. Three a day. It's hard enough for me to do two a week. In his work of evangelism, he traveled by horseback or by carriage in his lifetime more than 200,000 miles. He published works, um, included a four-volume commentary on the whole Bible, a four-volume work on church history, six books on church music, and seven volumes of sermons. He also edited a set of 50 books known as the Christian Library. He was greatly devoted to pastoral work, taking on himself the care of all the Methodist churches, never rising later than 4 a.m. and seldom concluding his labors before 10 p.m. every single day. What a great example, this servant of the Lord. We have example of many great saints and missionaries who have gone before us. And they did this very thing. They followed the example of Paul and his team. They followed God through God's word, and they followed it through. So let us be inspired today to stop giving into the laziness. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for our laziness, whether it's spiritually, God, whether it's, where our, um, whether it's working, God, where you have called us to work and provide for ourselves. Lord, help us to keep up, Lord, even when, if we're discouraged, even if work isn't fun or, or hard or even work is a place where there's some people problems going on or some boss and employer problems or company problems, yet you still have us there, God. Help us, Lord, to continue to obey you and do what you want us to do, what you've called us to do. And I pray, God, when we wake up in the morning that we would, when we feel those lazy feelings and, and, and that, that feeling of, oh, I don't want to do this, that we would pray and we would say, Lord, I will get up and go because you want me to. I will obey you. And in everything I do and think and say, may it glorify you. So God, give us strength, Lord. I pray for those who do not have work, who've lost their job, God, that you would bring them a job. I pray for those who are looking for a job, Lord, and maybe they're at a crossroads and, and have changed jobs or a contract or a job has ended, God, that you would bring them, God, guide them into where you want them. And I pray for those who, for whatever reason, cannot work, that you would continue to provide for them and that they would not feel condemned at this time. And Lord, we look to you, God. We know you love us and you care for us. And you're not going to leave us, Lord. You're not going to leave us destitute and having nothing. But through others, through your miracles, God, through our, our own obedience to you and our own work, God, we know that you are will provide, and you are our provider. So, Lord, let us not live in the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. Let us turn away from laziness and do what you want, and let us work, God, and let that be the spiritual and godly thing to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.